It's 520 and this is the KDLL Evening News for Thursday, February 1st on 91.9 FM, Kenai Soldatna, listener-supported public radio for the central Kenai Peninsula. I'm Hunter Morrison. Thanks for tuning in. Coming up, the Kenai Peninsula Borough School District's Board of Education prepares to advocate for its needs before the Alaska Legislature. But first, two bills filed in the Alaska Legislature this session are looking to tighten the requirements for an in-state hunting license in hopes of preserving resources for residents. Nikiski Republican Senator Jesse Bjorkman pre-filed a bill earlier this month that would align the in-state hunting requirements with PFD eligibility. That means, in addition to living in-state for 12 months and not claiming residency anywhere else, applicants would have to be in the state six months of every year. The goal of Senate Bill 171 is to preserve hunting and fishing opportunity as well as to conserve stocks of Alaska fishing game and make sure that Alaska residents are taking advantage of the resident regulations and that the regulations are benefiting people who live here. It's a companion to a House bill from Sitka Independent Rebecca Hemshoot. Bjorkman says non-residents taking advantage of in-state bag limits is more of an issue in southeast Alaska something Hemshoot cited as motivation for her bill. But, he says regulations on the Kenai Peninsula do open the opportunity to potential abuse of the system. For instance, we have a personal use set net fishery near the Kasilov River that people could take advantage of and not actually be residents. Um, our personal use dip net fishery, our liberalized availability for bull moose harvest on parts of the Kenai Peninsula, opportunities to harvest moose and bears, caribou, sheep, goats, brown bears. All of those animals have increased harvest opportunity and some increased bag limit availability for residents. He says to keep those options open to residents, the state needs to prevent non-residents from exploiting them. Hemshoot's bill received a mostly positive reception during a hearing earlier this week. Bjorkman's has not yet had a hearing. Bjorkman has sponsored nine other bills so far this session, including a bill that would have the state compensate hunters for unlawfully seized game, and one that would allow tax exemptions for farm buildings like barns or processing sheds on farmland. He's also focusing on education. One bill would offer incentives to teachers who get a national board certification. Becoming nationally board certified is absolutely the best professional development available to teachers. So when teachers complete that process under this legislation, they would be eligible for a $5,000 a year incentive. Bjorkman also filed a bill that would prevent school districts from starting the school year in August to allow summer economic opportunities for students like hunting, fishing, and in-state tourism. The Kenai Peninsula Borough School District's Board of Education is preparing to advocate its needs before the Alaska Legislature. In a meeting this morning, board members discussed a per-student funding increase, retirement benefits, and other legislative priorities. KDLL's Riley Board has more. 
The Board of Education's Information Committee met Thursday to decide which bills and talking points members will focus on when they campaign before the state legislature. Later this month, three board members and two student representatives will fly to Juneau to advocate for KPBSD at the Association of Alaska School Board's legislative fly-in. The district set its legislative priorities late last year, which includes supporting student success through programs and standards, getting predictable funding from the state, and ensuring a safe and supportive school environment. Soldatna board member Penny Fodla, the committee's chair, said one advocacy priority will certainly be an increase to the base student allocation, or BSA, the amount of money the state provides per student. It hasn't increased since 2017, except for a $30 bump in 2022. When you look through the BSA that we've been given, and when we've been given one-time, just one-time money, it doesn't do anything. That $30 doesn't meet up for inflation, and it doesn't provide us the opportunity to continue doing what we're doing. And I think if we don't have a timely, reasonable BSA increase, we'll really have an issue going forward in our following years because we aren't even keeping up with inflation. The committee discussed Senate Bill 140, the House majority's new broad-ranging education bill that includes a $300 BSA increase, expanded broadband funding for rural schools, and a stipulation that would allow charter schools to seek approval from the state rather than from their local school boards. Student members Vodla and Superintendent Clayton Holland all said they were disappointed in that bill's breadth and small BSA increase. Holland stated his support for a $1,200 minimum BSA increase, with an ideal $1,400 increase, although he said even that number puts the district in the same place it was in 2012 when accounting for inflation. He also said he was unhappy with the charter school provision of SB 140. In order to get a BSA increase, there's going to be a compromise in a very key part of American democracy with that, that the school boards at the most fundamental level, local level, represent the people, right? It is that representative democracy, and I feel that that's in some ways under attack with this bill and proposal from the governor. Holland said another part of SB 140, which provides teacher bonuses in order to increase recruitment, Sounds good in theory, but has not gotten support from teacher groups and could detract from a BSA increase. The committee also discussed a bill that would return to a pension system for Alaska's public employees, including teachers. That bill passed the Senate Wednesday, but faces an uncertain future in the House. The Information Committee will meet again Monday before the Board of Education's regular meeting Monday evening. In Kenai, I'm Riley Board. And finally, popular in Anchorage and Homer, First Friday events provide an opportunity for artists to have new work showcased, often spanning multiple venues. For the first time this year, Kenai will have two First Friday events within a stone's throw of each other. If you wander into the conference room of the Kenai Chamber of Commerce, you'll notice you're surrounded by nature. While there are no living plants or wildlife behind the chamber's doors, there are 27 paintings on display that will transport you to the Alaska wilderness. Susan Watkins is a local painter who has had previous work on display in retail and healthcare settings. Her exhibition at the chamber, called Point of View, is full of mountains, rivers, and aquatic life. 
One of her favorite pieces shows a beluga whale blowing bubbles. I like to paint in a way that I can try to bring the person, the viewer, in to the scene with me. So that's the name, point of view. It's kind of my point of view. And the beluga whale is some days you just have to blow bubbles. (laughs) (laughs) This is only the second time an artist has had work on display in an exhibit at the chamber, following the first First Friday event in September. Samantha Springer is the chamber's executive director. She says she was inspired after attending one of the Kenai Art Center's First Friday events. I was blown away when I went to their First Friday and how busy it was. And it reminded me of all the First Fridays, and actually better, honestly, than the ones I had seen in Anchorage. You know, this art community is already here and thriving. Why not expand on that? The chamber has exhibitions and First Friday events scheduled through next September. Springer says every artist who submitted work for an exhibit was accepted. Some of them have never had work on display in a gallery setting. Springer hopes not only to capture new artists, but expand events like these to other venues. I think it's just so important that we continue to support the community. You know, I think that it's been a constant theme that I've tried to address is that making sure that we're not just focused on, you know, the tourists and not just focused on big business, but that we're making sure that we're actually offering something for the community as well. Two blocks away, the Kenai Art Center has a new exhibit of its own. The People's Choice Judged Exhibition allows gallery goers to vote on their favorite piece. The 33 pieces on display include sculpture, photography, mixed media, and more. Moira Ireland is one of the featured artists of the show. Her oil-on-canvas piece, titled Vision, depicts a ram within an explosion of color. With this, I just kind of let the colors go, and I didn't realize that I had used so many colors in it until I stepped back and realized it was kind of a rainbow. The Art Center's executive director, Charlotte Coots, says Ireland's painting isn't your typical animal portrait. Rather, it's an abstract piece. Coots says exhibits like these allow artists to express themselves in a way they might not with friends or neighbors. During the winter months, I think it's really important to give people... Um, reasons to still be creative and reasons to come out and do something, Um, but also it helps different artists in the community connect because every show I see art submitted by an artist that I didn't even know was here. Coots says one of the most exciting parts about hosting First Friday events is that they allow the community to connect and understand how rich the local art scene is. In some instances, gallery goers have discovered a friend or coworker is also an artist. Here's Moira Ireland again. Just to connect with other artists and have an opportunity to share what is speaking to you or um, you, you know, part of your journey where you're going through it, what you're going through in life, it absolutely comes out in your art. As an artist, my, my view, my passion is that they relate somehow. You know, that there's this, that touches them in some way, or they've been there, or they can recognize that. Again, Susan Watkins. Art and community. I mean, mm-hmm. it's really, they go hand in hand. Both Springer and Coots talked about collaborating on First Friday events in the future. In the summer months, they feel gallery goers could walk from venue to venue, bringing different groups of people together. The Kenai Chamber of Commerce and Kenai Art Center will host this month's First Friday events this Friday from 5 to 7 p.m.
That's all for tonight's KDLL Evening News. We had help from KDLL's own Riley Board. Find us online at kdll.org. I'm Hunter Morrison. Thanks for tuning in. Mm-hmm.